Well, hello, and welcome to the faraway nearby. We're just going to spend a few moments here as I check in with you fine folks and catch up. And of course, those of you who uh, are listeners to my other show, Surely You Jest, which you can find at syjpodcast.wordpress.com, you'll, you'll know a little bit more about what's going on in my life. But this is what's been going on lately. So, of course... For a few weeks now, probably about a month now, we've been working on rehabilitating our poor senior kitty. And uh, we had to take him to the emergency overnight bed about a month ago because he wasn't eating and uh, he was having trouble using the litter box. And, well, we found out that we were bad cat daddies because uh, when you don't have human babies, you don't pay as much attention to your little critters and uh, when they stop eating what you've been bringing home it's time to find out why uh, you know we we all get into the habit of having favorite foods we stock our cupboards with whatever little treats and snacks that we like to keep but every now and then things change and maybe uh, you know your tummy doesn't set right with you well uh Unbeknownst to us, we've learned that uh, when you start reading your labels, there are reasons why your pets will stop eating things. And uh, just like with your own body, where if you start reading labels, you'll know that maybe what you're not what you're putting into your body isn't as good as it should be. Uh, you pretty much find out that all of the popular brands of pet foods that are readily available at all your major stores, well, they're pretty much as nutritional as dollar store snack foods. So your pets are going to stop eating them because what they crave isn't like people where we want, you know, something savory or sweet, something that hits the spot for our critters they want something that's going to fill their tummy so that they're not hungry and what fills your tummy and that's the good stuff so uh, people read your labels you cannot skimp on our little fur babies they are depending on you to give them what they need and if you're going to go on the cheap you're just looking for a world of trouble uh, after discovering that our senior kitty had stopped eating we caused ourselves a whole world of hurt with vet bills because we had to rush him to the emergency overnight vet he's on medications and come to find out also uh, due to our negligence we failed to realize that the cheap affordable scratchers that we've been buying our kitties yes if you don't have cats something you may not be aware of is that they have claws and it is inhumane for you to declaw a cat. It's like taking your finger and removing it up to the first knuckle. They need their claws. It's how they get by. And uh, if you are a cat owner, you will know that you keep scratchers in your house to help them keep their nails trimmed. Well, We've been one to always buy the affordable scratchers and come to find out those affordable scratchers, which are most often made of cardboard. Uh, well, you've heard about eating disorders where people eat things that they're not supposed to, including weird things like couch cushions. Well, 
we sprinkle these uh, cardboard boxes for our kitties to sharpen their claws, to entice them, to use them. And what are you doing? You're basically sprinkling powdered cheese on things for them because now they want to eat the cardboard. And come to find out, that's the number one problem with cheap scratchers is your pet is going to wind up in the emergency overnight when they can't use the litter box because their systems have become clogged with your on the cheap scratcher. So we are throwing out all the cardboard scratchers in our house and we're going to go for something a little more durable then yes, it's going to cost us money, but better to cost us money now than uh, to have a huge vet bill. So lesson learned, and um, hopefully we are a little better for knowing this now. And uh, we are adding to our monthly budget for feeding our fur babies because now, well, they're going to be eating. Uh, more like their daddies. They're going to be eating better foods. And yes, it's going to cost a little bit more. But honestly, read your labels, folks. Um, in not-so-pretty terms, basically, uh, there are a lot of foods out there that people won't eat. Things left over from the Depression, like, oh, shall I say, Spam, because it's made from parts. Well, you would be surprised to know on your labels what meat byproduct is it's not a very nice thing folks so shell out some money and get them real food okay well uh that is the uh, chateau star sage update and um i am still between gigs here folks this jester driving a carriage through the park gig is uh just one customer to the next so We'll just have to stay tuned to see uh, who joins us on this ride. But uh, for the moment now, I, I see a gentleman up ahead. And uh, let's pull over and see if he'd like a, a ride with us. Um, well, hello there. How are you this evening, sir? Hey, hey can, I can I get a ride? ride? Oh, certainly. Hop on board. Hey. And uh, for those of you who don't recognize him, uh, we have the pleasure today of the company of Frequency from the Gay Wasteland. Hey. So how are you, sir? I am great. So we're just going to spend a few minutes for a visit as we trot along in the park here. It's a nice afternoon for a ride. It's been some uh, slightly cooler temperatures here and not quite apple country. But uh, we are looking forward to the start of fall and I hear that you're going to be uh, enjoying some of that shortly, as in, if I'm not mistaken. Indeed. I'm going on a hay rack ride. Uh, we're going to have a big bonfire. No bonfire in the hay rack. That's just dangerous. But yeah. All <laughs> <laughs> you know, it'll scare the horses, too. <laughs> it's a tractor. So. <laughs> uh, so you started podcasting before you met your husband. Indeed. And how long have you been recording now? I had to look this up. I started <laughs> podcasting in February of 2011. And I did 143 episodes ending in January 2014. And then I started again in February of this year. Oh, okay. So I just call, uh, 
I just missed the beginning of your run. We were we were like trains in the station. We just passed each other. So uh, what got you interested in podcasting in the beginning and who were some of your inspirations? Well, what got me interested interested initially was um, I got my first set on my ass job. And uh, I was sitting in front of a computer all day and I needed something to listen to besides just music. And I remember getting on iTunes and their podcast section and searching for G A. Why gay boom and i think the third po- first podcast that i listened to was the big gay sex show with matt and ouija oh yeah and <laughs> i remember sitting there and giggling so hard and just loving it and then they'd talk about somebody called big fatty so i'm like who was big fatty so i had to search for big fatty and i listened to him and he was talking about Auntie Vera. I'm like, who the hell is Auntie Vera besides a character in Auntie Mame? And I looked up that, and one after another, Ramble Redhead, the smell cast, which I adore. And I was hooked, and after a while, I thought, you know, I have the equipment. I could do this. I could do my own show. And these folks really inspired me. And I remember racking my brain for just days and days to think of a name for the show, and Finally, I realized there's no gay community here. It's like a wasteland. And aha, that was the moment, the gay wasteland. (laughs) (laughs) So Matt and Ouija were your gateway drug. Indeed. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as as the uh, name suggests, the wasteland there, you're from the Midwest. Indeed. So we're heading into the fall season uh tell us a little bit about it uh you know growing up there in the midwest what was your experience like with the changing seasons we have drastic season changes anywhere between like 110 summers to freezing winters now the winters aren't what they used to be we don't get the huge scary snows that we used to get here um but fall is just beautiful um This is a tree city where I live, so we have tons of trees, um, all different kinds, and it's really quite beautiful. It really, truly is. (laughs) Um, What else? Changing seasons. Um, Well, I remember um, at my elementary school when I was a kid, there was this amazing gutter which drained down onto the pavement, and so it made this huge ice slick. And I remember just running full speed for this thing and sliding with absolutely no fear, as you do when you're a kid. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I, I love it's. I love the seasons, and we're I'm lucky to have seasons here where I live. Yeah, uh, I really have a, a love of trees as well. I remember as a young boy. My grandparents had a great front yard with these enormous trees, or at least they appeared so to a little boy. Nowadays, as a homeowner myself, I cringe whenever we have a bad thunderstorm because eventually I have to walk my property and see um, what the casualties have been. There are usually quite a few limbs laying in the yard, and it's just sad because uh, I know that when those trees go, I can't replace them very easily. I grew up with lots of trees in our backyard. It was the perfect thing for a kid that really didn't have a lot of folks to play with. I had an older sister, but she wasn't that keen to play with me. I was six years younger. So, and there was no kids in the neighborhood, but we had lots of trees and a nice backyard. And I could just make up all kinds of stories and wild scenarios. And 
I never got bored, really. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love playing in the trees, too. I'm the youngest of four. And um, at one point in time, we moved to be closer to my mom's work. But uh, my dad didn't want to have to watch me too closely. So rather than run the risk of me climbing that one tree in the front yard, he decided to chop the limbs off so that I couldn't <laughs> climb it. Well, I showed him. I skinned my knee legs up, up to the knees trying to get out there. I love it. I love it. You're lucky he didn't put one of those squirrel gates around it to keep you from climbing up it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that would have just taken a trip to the tractor supply store. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your most favorite memories of fall, either from youth or from more recent years? I love fall. It's like my probably second favorite season because i'm crazy i love winter but mm-hmm. but um i really love the fall when i was a kid halloween like all good homosexuals halloween was just like it for me and i remember having one year the absolute best costume ever and my sister and mom made it for me because they were just incredibly creative on the cheap. And they made me a C-3PO costume out of paper mache and painted it gold. It was amazing. <laughs> and I blew everyone out of the water that year at the costume contest. I hung on to that thing for years and years. <laughs> <laughs> and I just had this weird memory of my elementary school. Another weird memory of that place. It was a huge, one of those old big brick buildings but the wind would whip around it in a certain way in the fall and the tree the leaves would collect in the corners and when a wind would hit it make this like leaf tornado that you could like run into it was just amazing <laughs> sounds like the type of effect that uh, a lot of filmmakers try to reproduce on purpose mm-hmm. this was real no photoshop involved <laughs> So, uh, of course, the important question about that follows up on that is that, uh, you know, you you dressed up as Mm -hmm. C-3PO. Is that your couple's costume now? The Buzz Bear dresses up as (laughs) R2-D2? That's all. If we were going to go as anybody, it would probably be Pin and Teller because so many people tell him that he looks like Pin Gillette. <laughs> but wait, could they get you to stop talking? Oh, and I'm I'm taller than he is, so it's all good. <laughs> okay. Either that or Laurel and Hardy, one of the two, whatever. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I think that my favorite memory of fall it would have been one of the last times I went trick-or-treating as a child. In that particular Halloween season, it was so cold out that the the less than original costume I had dressing up as a ghost ended up with me having white paint frozen to my face. Oh, no. And <laughs> I also had one of those glow sticks that were fairly new at the time. And uh, I remember returning home and something in my head told me, you know, you snap it one way to turn it on. I wonder what happens if you snap it the other way. <laughs> and oh, I'll no. just say i'm glad that i decided to perform this experiment over the bathroom sink (laughs) oh my goodness um the last time i trick-or-treated my sister and i went my sister was six years older than me and i was 15 my last time so you do the math and she was cindy lopper and i was billy idol Ah. (laughs) we looked great and I remember somebody inviting us in saying everybody gather around look at these outfits I'm like 
trick or treat. Oh, you're not getting anything. You're too old. Like, right. You invited us in. <laughs> <laughs> As I, say, I remember the older kids were usually the ones that had the bigger bags of candy. Of course, maybe that's because they stole it. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was my last time. So sad. <laughs> well, you know, at least you got to come. Well, you both got to be pop stars. Indeed. Indeed. We looked great. <laughs> You know, you, sh- you should do one of those uh, things that are rather in vogue nowadays where uh, adults are recreating family photos from their youth. You, those are funny. You and your sister should dress up as those characters again. <laughs> but I don't have any old pictures of that night. <gasps> I don't oh, have no. any so <laughs> you'll you'll have to get a niece and a nephew to pose as the ah, two of you. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so in addition to being a podcaster, you're a musician and a performer. So what has been your most favorite role or venue? That's a hard one. Uh well, I have a list that I call my dream list. It's a, a list of parts that I would love to play, but I gotta say the most one I cherish the most was probably playing the Scarecrow in The Wizard of Oz hmm. because it was just magical. And for once, I wasn't playing like a villain or something hideous or a murderer. It was and the look of love in their eyes and magic was just it for me because they it was so cool. And I just beat myself up every night in that show, throwing myself down on the stage. And it was just the coolest thing. <laughs> I couldn't do it now. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, that would be a whole lot of a leave. Yes. 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 <laughs> I banged my head really hard one night. I mean, it went it hit the stage so loud that the that the crowd gasped. <laughs> my foot slipped out from under me and my head just went thud on the stage. I'm like everybody goes, <gasps> and I just keep going. Da, 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 da. <laughs> If I only had a brain. <laughs> not, not that out of my noggin. <laughs> uh, favorite venue last year. Like we have a huge veterans home in our community. It's a state-run one. It's huge and it's very old. Um, all like brick, old-fashioned. And I did their Christmas show last year, Ooh. and. It was a total shock and surprise when I walked into this place. They had their own auditorium. It was like a stage, full-size stage, incredible. And behind you was this American flag as big as the back of the stage. And I felt like I was doing like an old USO show. (laughs) It was just amazing. It was also like 10,000 degrees on the stage because there was steam radiators. If you like this show, Head on over to Vogue Network, the voice of geeks, where you'll find podcasts on subjects ranging from video gaming to nerd culture, like the long-running Orange Lounge Radio, for all things gaming, and British Invaders, for sci-fi produced across the pond, over at VogueNetwork.com. Each side of the stage cranked all the way up. It was like a little oven. And I about passed out, and and Fuzzbear said that it was really a good show, and I'm like, I'm glad because I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in those places, you've got to keep the seniors warm to keep them happy. I suppose, and and I eventually just left the stage and went into the audience because I couldn't take it anymore. I had to escape the heat. 
<laughs> that you know, um, my mom was actually a nurse for the VA system, right and um, that's one of my earliest memories is uh, going to the employee picnics. They would have all these different functions, and one of them was their Christmas party. And of course, um, you don't think about it as a child, but now I reflect back on that and I realize how cool it was that these, uh, you know, these uh, people who were serving our nation's veterans were having their company picnic there with the veterans. That's awesome. And, you know, a lot of them, of course, don't have relatives that are visiting them, just like a regular, you know, assisted living or nursing home. Mm-hmm. And they were thinking about it now. The coolest part of all that is the person that got to play Santa Claus was probably one of the vets that was the one that got to draw the lucky straw. Awesome. That's awesome. And, you know, as a kid, you thought, oh, this is just a board game or whatever that I got. You know, it wasn't a very, you know, it wasn't the Transformer or whatever I really wanted. But it was really cool because you made some older person's day. And it's really important. I worked in as an activity person in a nursing home for 13 years. Hmm. When I before I was a graphic designer, mm-hmm. I worked in a couple nursing homes as an activity director, and I did I loved it. But I, after 13 years, I was getting burned out, and that's why I decided to go back to school and get my degree in graphic design. And I left it behind, but I still do every year what I call my nursing home tour. All the nursing homes at Christmas time. I just love it. Awesome. (laughs) So going back to your your early days here, um, we're talking about fall. And of course, one of the things that's a common theme in the fall is going back to school. And, you know, whether or not you have kids uh, you still run into that reality because just in my day-to-day commute, I have to remember, oh, school is back. I have to leave early because I have oh, to yes. you know, deal with those buses. <laughs> so what was your favorite subject in school? It's going to be lame, but I got to say it's theater class. <laughs> All three years of high school. Uh, my other ones I loved were choir and art class. Hmm. Like math was my downfall. Still is just terrible. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's good that you didn't go towards architecture. Oh no, no, no. Just oh it's seriously, it makes my brain short circuit. It's I um I recently my sister is um getting her PhD in psychology. Oh and she gave me a, a competency test for a earlier, like like a couple years ago, as to as training for herself. And <laughs> I took the test and her teacher asked, okay, this person here, what's wrong with them? And my sister's like, that's my brother. <laughs> well, they did amazing on like all the, all the English and spatial relations, all this stuff, but he totally bombed math, like a huge discrepancy. What's happening? <laughs> so that's my brother. <laughs> so in school, aside from uh, your drama club, did you belong to any of the other social groups? Were you in the yearbook or an AV club? I wasn't the most popular kid in school. <laughs> I was a bit of an odd duck. I truly was. Um, I was in theater guild and art club. That was it, really. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was so bad that um, I wore a pin with our team mascot on it that had like one of those 
like don't things going through it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, was, I, I was not sporty. I was just in, intolerant of such things at that age. And oh my, I look back, I just cringe. What the heck? <laughs> so since art was one of your favorite classes, do you have any particular project that you remember as taking extra effort, something that uh, you know you really liked or it just made you wonder if you had any talent? I... I love art and I love to do art. When I was in junior high and early high school, my I fully intended to be like a commercial artist. I truly did. I mean, I, I was focused, so focused on that painting, sketching, drawing. And then I discovered theater, especially musical theater. And that kind of just did it for me. And uh, I started playing in a band with a, with a really good friend of mine, still is a good friend of mine. And did that for a few years. Few years. I moved out to Denver with him. We played out there for a while, and then I realized I couldn't make any money, and I had to move back here. And then I came out, <laughs> and, and I love to paint. I do. I kind of an abstract expressionism thing that I do. I every once in a while I will paint something, but I just don't have the room and to do that. And I'm so focused on my music now that. That's kind of my main thing, but I, I, I still love to create stuff. I really do. As listeners of the Gay Wasteland would know, you are the proud human of one voodoo kitty. So did you grow up with pets and what kind of animals did you have if you did? We had cats all the time. Um, some neighborhood cat was always having kittens. We were always taking taking them in. Um, I love cats. We always had a cat growing up. Um, there was always like one main house cat that stayed in the house. The other ones were kind of outside. But I I never had a dog ever. And uh, that's something that the Fuzzbear would love to have sometime. Like if we lived out in the country or something where we had more room. Mm-hmm. I, um, my only experience with a dog was when I lived out in Denver, I lived in my friend's basement and his sister, um, her and her husband had this ex-police dog that was this big German shepherd. And he was just the gentlest, kindest thing, unless you were like poking around outside the house <laughs> when you shouldn't have been. Um, but he was just, I, I love animals of all kinds, except for birds. <laughs> <laughs> birds creep me out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that's a story there. Um, when I worked at the nursing home, mm-hmm. there was this huge aviary they had. And the activity person had to go in and feed these bastards. And you had to go in this thing. And they were flying over your head. And it was so creepy. It just gave me the willies every time. I can't stand it. No, no, <laughs> no. Nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> so that's your other standby Halloween costume. You dress as Tippy Hedron. and the birds yes (laughs) one of my favorites (laughs) you know i was reading that not long ago that apparently lucille ball had a uh a version to birds as well and i think it had something to do with the home she was living in at the time that her father passed away i think she was living with her grandparents at the time and they had i guess it was a particularly mean bird (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm not a fan. They peck you and crap. I, I heard a story that during the filming of the birds, like Hitchcock was like throwing birds at Tippi Hedren, like throwing them at her for the scene. And like, I can totally see this. That's just madness. <laughs> Supposedly, I had a great grandmother 
that her in her later years was so fond of the animals that she kept birds, but uh, they were never in their cages. They just oh, no. about the house. <laughs> oh no, no, no! I would not go in. That's disgusting. I, I I tinkered around with that uh, ancestry.com for a while and. I would like to do more of that because I found out a lot of interesting, cool stuff. I would like to do more of that. And they, you know, and, they tag you for migratory purposes then. Um. <laughs> if, if you look in the next Tom Cruise, you'll see frequency in the background as like an extra. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, I would, I would love to do that whole where you send in your like DNA and they like tell you where you're from. I'd love to do that. It creeps the bejesus out of Fuzzbear. He thinks it's just like, it's spooky. They've got you like your record now then. <laughs> do, do you play with him sometimes? Like you, you, you go to dinner and you sit down and then you put on your tinfoil hat. <laughs> just about. We, we love all that weird fringe stuff we're all about that so <laughs> i you know uh i shared a meme with you a while ago the listeners would find interesting of course listeners of the gay wasteland would know that frequency is a fan of ancient aliens oh yes and this particular meme had some of the gray aliens holding the host of ancient aliens hostage oh, yes 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 <laughs> they basically Super said close. stop spreading rumors <laughs> I would love to go to one of those alien cons. I think it would be just be a pip. I, oh my goodness. It'd be so fun. It'd be so fun. <laughs> you know, I I've been reading up on them and I want to say, I think that uh, they've organized one or two of them in like San Diego or something, or maybe it was Albuquerque. There's, I know there's one in Baltimore coming up. They keep advertising hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. too that far. Oh, as I say, that's that's the neck of the woods that I'm not. <laughs> that's the neck of the woods that I I drop by sometimes. Right on. me when when I was in high school, my my closest friends were in a Star Trek fan club because you know I speak nerd. Oh, no idea. <laughs> we have a visitor. Voodoo is visiting actually. Aww. Oh, I'm making static by petting him. Oh my Ooh. god! Totally. That's <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> That's all right. The odd thing about uh, you know when kids are growing up is the parents are always concerned about who you're hanging out with. You know, well, can they trust your friends? And my folks didn't have any trouble whatsoever because most of my closer friends were people who are college age or older that were in the nerd fan club with me. Right on. And so I got to go on couple of trips like to dc we went to the smithsonian when the star trek 25th anniversary was oh on. wonderful <laughs> and, I, have, I have been to the smithsonian i have yeah been, but not during that no oh i would love to go back um just the the you know i mean there's so many sections to go to but i got to go to the air and space museum mm -hmm. you know another part of that that was really fascinating is they have the section that's behind like black light i know it's probably not black light but some sort of a, a uh, safety light because the materials are sold. They had dresses of the first ladies over time. And they even had a bolt of the fabric of Martha Washington's wedding dress. Holy smokes. I, I remember that the hall of gowns, they'd have the all on like no headed mannequins. I think I, yes, I remember that. I do. I do. I would love, actually we're thinking about driving to Washington next fall. Mm -hmm. kind of fun. Hmm. That that actually would be a fun Halloween 
uh, you know, uh, theme. You and your friends get together and you dress up as the first ladies of the Smithsonian. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> oh, hey, zombie first ladies. <laughs> oh, my. Um, oh, I'd be. Yes, I want to see that. <laughs> they all have to be dead? Oh, never mind. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe they're just dead inside. <laughs> Zombie Ivanka. Um, no. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Yeah, oh, this would be perfect. She could be dressed as a home shopping channel host. Oh, yes. Oh, that's glorious. I love it. I love it. You could go around if it's just to a party with friends. You can put some dollar store fines into a shopping bag and hand them out as your QVC swag. Oh, 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 yes. yes, 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 yes. That is brilliant. And then, then you just get a label maker and you put a vodka on all of them. Made in China. <laughs> um, are there any other greater plans for this season of, of uh, as Auntie Vera would say, of gloom and doom? Oh, geez, of horror? Oh, not really. We do love the horror. We are, this is the first year since we moved in together that we're going to be actually here for Halloween to have trick-or-treaters. So Ooh. we went to the big Halloween store this morning and was looking at things to scare the children. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have enough things to scare the children in the basement, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, your idea of scaring the children is not frequency without enough coffee, right? No, 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 no. I mean, I, I go all out. I mean, I I like hiding speakers underneath the porch and like like putting a webcam in the window so I can see them coming and like start talking to them as they come up the walk and creepy stuff like that yes <laughs> my my husband had what i like to call his bachelor storage unit uh because um before we met he and his ex had split up and he had a little too much to stuff into an apartment mm -hmm. and uh, i don't know for what well actually i do know for what reason because we're lazy um we didn't get around <laughs> to actually closing his storage unit out until recently and and fortunately he had less of a hoard left in the storage unit than he remembered because we went to clean it out and we just had a few things to put in the trunk but it was all halloween frequency <laughs> uh, uh, that's perfectly fine <laughs> the more halloween the better <laughs> now the true question is going to be are you buying the candy expecting that you'll have leftovers oh hell yes <laughs> hell yes hell yes I will, I, we try to get the good so we don't have that many trick-or-treaters so i will i will go overboard so yeah what would your favorite candy be if it's left over Oh my God. I, I love me a Milky Way. I love me a Milky Way. Yes. Now, do you, do you like the classic or have you tried the dark chocolate one? I, whatever. I like them all. I mean, <laughs> um, in all in all, I prefer dark chocolate. Yeah. We didn't have much candy growing up. We, we really didn't. We always had this aunt that we'd stay with sometimes who would and she had a pudgy little daughter, my cousin, and and uh, she'd always like give us all this candy and little debbies and all this stuff. And my sister and I never knew what to do with it. We're like, what is this? We're not used to all this crap. So, <laughs> of course, uh, listeners of the Gay, gay Wasteland will know that the Buzz Bear is a gamer, 
And yes. because the Far Away Nearby is also sponsored by the Voice of Geeks Network, BogNetwork.com, I have to ask, do you have a favorite video game of your own? And when did you last play a video game by yourself? Oh my gosh. My favorite video game has gotta be oh geez probably super mario world on the original super nintendo <laughs> mm -hmm. because i just kill so much time playing that we did we would because because my folks could never really afford to buy us a video game system i bought it myself i remember i bought that myself with my own money and i remember getting that game i think it came with it um and just killing so much time playing that I just love it and I haven't played it forever. Um, I really want to get one of those classic Nintendo systems so it can mm -hmm. play it on the big screen now. I would love that. Um, I really, last game I played myself was probably Fallout. The, um, Fallout 3? 4? Whatever the one is that's the newest one that, that uh, Fuzzbear plays a lot. I'm horrible at it. Um, he is just amazing. He is so good at it and I am just horrible. Maybe... <laughs> I just haven't played enough of those type of games, but it's pretty and I like the storyline. <laughs> <laughs> now, is he encouraging at least? Does he let you play or does he let you play just to laugh? No, 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 no. He lets me play. No, no, no. But I, I much prefer just to sit back and watch him go on quest. I, I like being a spectator. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know if this is the type of game that he would play, but there are more and more uh, there, there is more and more inclusion of diversity in video games. And something that I came across a few months back was I got a copy of Mass Effect Andromeda. And uh, this is a storyline where the, the lead character has many opportunities to make relationships. And there is, it's like a math equation. If you answer the right questions or you flirt in the right way, he could actually get matched up with a couple of the guys in the game. I know he has these games. I know he has the Mass Effect games. I don't know if he's ever done this or not, though. Hmm. I, I would imagine he probably has, because he likes to get in there and dig around and find all the secret things. Really, <laughs> yes. <laughs> As we wrap up here, uh, kind sir, I want to thank you for your time. and oh, gosh, uh, Thank you. Yeah, and you guys are heading out for an afternoon of fun. Um, and, uh, of course, if the listeners uh, want to reach out to you or find your show, where can they do that? Uh, well, they can uh, find me uh, Oh, geez, on the iTunes. Uh, just look for The Gay Wasteland. Or uh, I'm on the, the Univaz homepage and the Pride 48 homepage. And you can go to um, Logan Frone. FROHN.com, and you can find it there, and along with some music and whatnot. So, there you go. And um, I do believe that you're working on a new album. I am. I am. I am. Hopefully, somewhere early next year. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, everybody, put that on your Christmas list because in 2019, we're going to have some new tunes. Yes, you are. Okay. Well, thank you for your time, sir. You guys enjoy your afternoon. Thank you for listening to The Far Away Nearby. This program can be found wherever you listen to podcasts. You can email us at tfnpodcast at gmail.com, tweet us on Twitter at tfndj, find our fan page on Facebook, 
and our companion blog on Tumblr, or text or leave a message at 720-230-6919. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net.